Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship regression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, and we are currently up to episode 43, and today we have a treat because we actually have three people on the podcast today, and Lily herself has requested all of them, so this is a superstar podcast. Lola, Leslie, and Emily on today. Can I let them say hi? Okay, Um, no pressure. (laughs) I guess I started screaming. Uh, Hi, guys. It's Lola here. Hi, I'm Emily. (laughs) Hi, I'm Leslie. These three ladies are super active on Patreon and leave super long comments, much beloved by all of us. So let's start this podcast. This episode is, oh my gosh, this episode was so hard for me to read, honestly. What about you guys? I go through a lot. I don't think any of them are hard for me to read. (laughs) I go through them pretty quickly too. You know, I like to have my first past oh my gosh i can't i have to see what happens next and then um by the end of this one i didn't feel very good <laughs> so yeah i had that sort of like visceral stomach reaction that you get when you're just like watching a giant train wreck and you see like all of these people who you know have the best of intentions and they're all just messing everything up and you can't reach through the screen to get them to stop i don't know yeah. i'm I liked it. I don't know. <laughs> I was like having an awesome time. Am I... You have a higher pain tolerance than I do, clearly. Maya, I was... Well, maybe it's like because I'm Latina and I have like telenovela experience, but I was like, hell yes. This is amazing. And then you have me who just like avoids social interactions at all costs because my field is full of extroverts and I have no tolerance. <laughs> you know, that's actually interesting because you were saying, right, it might be also our tolerance for um, conflict. Some people are very conflict avoidant. Mm-hmm. Some people uh, like conflict. I know when I was an undergraduate, I read a lot about my undergraduate is in psychology. And John Gottman is the preeminent researcher on marriage. And he did a lot of research on marriage. And one of the things that he uncovered was he would do research on how couples argue. And he found that there was this couple, he called them the volatile couple, and they would argue excessively and extensively and passionately. And he was sure that this was a predictor for divorce. And he he was, he's one of the people that tracked couples over like the long term. And he found out Mm -hmm. that these couples actually did not divorce more. And he realized that this was just a very passionate sort of couple. And then when they would, they would fight loud and big and dramatically, but they would also make up loud and big and dramatically. And they still loved each other. So Right, not, you know, and things didn't necessarily fester. I have right. a love of fight. So, like, that sounds weird. I have a love of fighting. I avoid conflict like the plague. But when it comes to my husband, like, if he, like, shuts down, I'm railing at him. I'm like, you need to talk to me. And, like, we'll, like, have it out. And I love fighting. I think it's so when you do it right. Like, you know, you're not degrading someone. You're, like, listening as much as you're talking. Um, but I think that fighting is really, really beneficial to a relationship. And that's why I love, like, I love this episode. I, considering how much I avoid conflict, and I'm very introverted. Um, I loved this episode. I got really excited with all the fighting. So I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me, but, um, but I thought this was great, and I loved the way they fought. So I'm excited to get it. Mm-hmm. There's going to be so much that unfolds. Like we're going to be like 
like th- this this episode in terms of what it spins off for plot and relationships and like it's gonna be the gift that keeps on giving oh, yeah. yes it's a gold mine I okay, mean, Tora is the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> You keep that man flu away from me. <laughs> Actually, do not keep it away from me. I'll yeah, take no. it. No, no. He's all yours, Lola. You can have him. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people contending for him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, so this episode starts out. We see this beautiful um, Grecian or Roman, sorry, architecture is not my strong suit. Um, kind of like temple-like restaurant. And the name of the restaurant is Gudruns, which Lily mentioned is a name of her longstanding patron. So kudos to Gudruns. Thank you. <laughs> it's nice to have that level Thank of Thank you. Now you're forever in MPL history. And, you know, we, we've all been wondering, right, before, like, was this Torah? Was this Torah? And, but um, it is Torah. But he, he introduces himself in this episode with that classic man sneeze. Huck! <laughs> <laughs> Can we just... Like, look how cute Poppy looks in this yes. episode. Like, with oh, red is my god, her that color. is her color. Yeah, <laughs> rocking it. Her lipstick, I mean, help me, Jesus, I need it. <laughs> she she cleaned up so good. Right, she reminds me also of the the woman in red who was with Goliath. A lot of people have pointed out the similarities in the outfits here. The red floral outfit. So, you know, intentional, not, nah, who knows? Pretty much everyone cleaned up nicely. And I think, I don't remember where I saw this. I don't know if it was talking with friends or if it was on Patreon. Or, um, but someone said that uh, there's a difference between, like, cleaning up nice and grunging up good. We're like, oh, yeah. up good. Like, he looks amazing when he's absolutely filthy. Like, he might feel awful about it in this episode. I feel very bad for him. But, like, he looks good. <laughs> I don't feel bad. I think I, I saw that really meme good. floating around somewhere. It was like Henry Cavill, you know, in like Superman or on the red carpet versus The Witcher. Yeah, you know what? It was <laughs> like, You're right. That's where it was. Mm-hmm. Grunge is up real good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Quincy is like, is shocked. He's like, bro, is that you? And he, he you know, in a very supportive <laughs> manner. He's like, oh, God, you look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Well, well done. Well done sugar coating. There is, there is not a single sympathetic bone in this man's body. He's I mean, like, is Tora looking just, so bad that Quincy doesn't even recognize him for a second there? That's hilarious. I, yeah, yeah, just like straight, like brain to mouth. Do not pass go. Do not collect filter. Like Quincy. Oh my god. In many ways, Quincy is very self-absorbed. You know, he he. We see throughout this episode that he really genuinely tried to help his friend and to do a good thing, but he doesn't think things through properly and he doesn't can't see through his own nose in a way. So he doesn't understand the ramifications of what he's done. And like in this sense, right? You know, you look terrible. Sometimes he just doesn't think before he does and before he talks. Yeah. And we see yep. we see Tara obviously like very sick. Like he's got the tissue to, the first thing we get of him is like tissue to the nose. Um and so I, have, I have two secret hopes for this podcast. I hope, one, that I get a random belting of song from Leslie, because she's a beautiful voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want... No pressure. You know, I want Lola to um, give her doctor's opinion on this, because we actually see a sick Torah, and, like, there's blue, obviously, which is something that I'm sure she has dealt with multiple times with multiple very obnoxious patients. Um, but I... I was really interested in the introduction of the cold because we know in, in the first in the first day that he meets Poppy, episode five is still technically that first day that they met. 
um, he tells Vincent that he's nursing a cold. And it's kind of like slowly building up. We don't even realize it to this episode. But I have like, I have a theory. I don't know if this, there's any kind of medical backing to this. Um, but I have Uh-oh. a theory. <laughs> <You can> go- <laughs> I feel like the body holds off on certain. I know it does it with like anxiety, at least for me, but with when it comes to cold, like, I feel like sometimes your body holds off till you can handle it. Like I'll be not feeling great for a little bit, but I'll be like too busy sometimes to be sick. And then it's. I mean, I'll tell you that the entire cast of every show that I have ever been in gets sick right after. We we get sick the day after. Yeah. It's like we just it's just like the post show immune system crash yeah. and depression. I mean, it's a, obviously, it's a lack of sleep or nutrition, um, stress, obviously, which poor has been under all these things. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like he says goodbye to Poppy. He had that big emotional thing, like he's been in hyperdrive with like sniper mode and keeping Poppy. Mm-hmm. dealing with Vincent and then he finally said goodbye he finally was like okay this girl is out of my life she is safe I can take a few seconds for myself get sick and then boom she's like right back in his face well that's horribly sad <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> I mean I, I, medically speaking um, you, you guys are right in terms of like the, the lack of proper nutrition and sleep and playing a role into how we experience disease um, I guess I, I would be interested in, in knowing, you know, exposure. So you don't get sick out of nowhere, for example, for being out, <laughs> out in the night um, or out in the rain that that does not make you sick. What makes you sick are, are viruses and bacteria, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So um, I guess I would find it interesting, like who he got it from you know <laughs> and why is poppy not showing symptoms <laughs> or, or is she like in an incubating, she, incubating I, period I, or, I, or it has her to guess that you know she's like actually been feeding herself and yeah. sleeping and just like hey, taking she's like been eating donuts and like, cake i don't know about that yeah yeah you know she's actually taking in calories well then again you know sort of put away after Right, it, this takes place the day after they say goodbye, and it seems to me I don't see how they had any sleep that night because they come back late, and you know Poppy's grandmother calls her when the sun is rising, and and then they go straight to work. I feel like they didn't have any sleep or not much. I'm like very, like I guess I, I generally don't know when I am in the time frame, like personally. So this to me, like I'm like I I never know what's going on. Like when am I? In, hmm. in terms so I, I didn't know it was like the, the very next day so I, that makes me even more I concerned. mean frankly the, the way Tora looks in this panel he's probably wondering when he is also like what his <laughs> middle name is because he looks like he is seriously in that flu fog where your brain doesn't remember which way is up so true flu fog is, is good way of putting it he's not he's not fully equipped for the situation Right. And speaking of how Torah looks, I wanted to talk about, I mean, besides, stop laughing. I, I have like a serious point here. I know that you're we're okay. talking about thirst. I'm, which I'm not. I will I'm, I'm bring very up. serious. I'm poker face. But what I mean is, uh, in terms of the artwork and, and seeing the contrast of who Tora was in the episode prior to this and how wild he looks in this episode. I think, I mean, not only does it drive the point home that he is sick, he's also looking really hot. There it is. <laughs> so hot. 
<laughs> I didn't have to whisper that. I'm like, say it loud. <laughs> this, this is like the number one sentiment on, on the comments that I've seen. Like, people seem to think that Sick Toro is just ridiculously over the top, gorgeous, and attractive. Well, why is it? Like I said, speaking to us on an evolutionary level that we need to nurse this mental health. Yes. Yes, I think so. I think we feel needed. And I think we feel like we can love him and protect him and take care of him. I think that our instinctive, protective instinct kicks in. Except well, Lola just wants to climb him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll heal him my way. I'm a doctor. <laughs> All yours, Lola. All yours. So I love here how Quincy, you know, um, you know, this is like a, a common joke among women that they call this thing the man flu. Right. It's not like the regular flu, it's the man flu. And I love how Lily is bringing this reference here because she's having even Quincy talk, you know, say it's the man flu. So it's kind of like tongue in cheek, you know, it's the absolute worst kind of flu to have in all of human history, which is obviously a joke. So I is think that's really though? cute that Lily's making fun of him. <laughs> My experience is that the man flu is, I mean, it's kind of like a thing. Um, it's not. Not to say that it's a different sort of virus, but the way that men experience um, illness is very much very different than than women experience it. And I've I've had countless of of opportunities to to witness this at work, and and t- even talking to colleagues that are male um, that tell me the same thing, like, oh, I've been working this patient up with these symptoms, none, none of it was making sense, and then I just realized he just had the man flu. This is actually, <laughs> this is, this happened. <laughs> All right. So All do right. you think men experience the same illness physiologically differently than women? Or do you think I, it's just a mental thing? I don't think that they experience it in, you know, many, it's not like they're they're experiencing different symptoms. They're, I just think that they have a different threshold of what they find acceptable and what they don't find acceptable, or like what they think the threshold for pain, for example, that sort of thing. I like that. It, I'm I'm basically it's a nice way of saying I think that men are big babies. <laughs> I will say, though, this is Quincy's perception, right? So Tora, you know, we, he's probably a pretty tough guy, right? He showed up after all. He did have to, you know, Quincy said he had to call him five times and he hung up on him five times. But I think it's more like Quincy's reading of Tora because Tora showed up, right? And he's clearly, I mean, the way he behaves clearly is sick. But, you know, Tora soldiers through and Quincy's more like, oh, you're the one who has the mantle, right? Because Quincy, we know, is a big drama king. And a, like, <laughs> yep. so I think like, oh, he's like, yes, mantle, this is terrible. <laughs> that's that's a really good observation i think i think every i think that actually sets us up for something that is i i really only just thought of this but it's it's going to be interesting how everything everyone says in this episode is much more a reflection of them than it is the person that they're talking to um and you kind of pointed that out really well with quincy and the van flu um how that it does indicate how everything's a little bit more of a big deal to Quincy. Mm-hmm. I, so I love that angle you just went with. So um, looking at everything from their own perspective. So this episode was, I think, really mentioned it somewhere, but that it's, um, there's a lot of characters in this scene. There's, there's four, four bodies kind of going on here and four completely different viewpoints. So everyone is approaching yep. meeting from a very different mindset. Um, Taurus coming in completely like, 
blindsided. So his reaction is obviously like anger and a little bit of fear. Poppy's like hopeful and then completely getting like bulldozed. So she's she's in work mode right now and she was not expecting well, she might have been expecting the C tour, but she wasn't expecting anger. Maybe some awkwardness, like she mentions in a mm-hmm. episode, but not anger. So she's blindsided with with his complete like disregard for the situation. Quincy's going in thinking he's doing like a good deed, probably, or like maybe he's going to the pot like a little right. bit. He's going to be like, I right. wing the savior, yeah. award to Quincy yeah. Baldwin, and we're like, oh honey, oh honey, no. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Cordelia's a wild card. Like we don't know what she's. I mean, she's she obviously has something going on with some kind of tonight, and we don't know what that is. Uh, mm-hmm. Like every we, everyone has completely different you know information going into this meeting, so like no one is right here. This whole this whole thing is just complete chaos. Just mm-hmm. utter, utter mess. Yeah, and that's what Tora says right now. He's like, hey, Quince, sniff. Care to tell me what the F is going on here? And okay. to Poppy, meanwhile, it's frozen. You know, Poppy's, her shoulders are braced. She's looking down. Her mouth is pressed. She is so uncomfortable. And Tora is ignoring her. He's not talking to her. He's talking to Quincy. So fangirl moment right yeah. here for one second about the art. Because this, I think these three, three panels, yeah, like three panels are my absolute I, don't, I can't say that they're all amazing but okay it's one of my favorite panels in this chapter because you see him behind, you see Tora behind Quincy or behind Poppy completely like you know full body then you see him pivot to, to go around Poppy like literally you can feel him brushing past her and then the last one is his feet firmly in front of her walking towards Quincy and it feels so like lethal and feral and like him like pushing himself into the room and you feel him like yeah off of the screen like, yeah and he's ignoring her. He doesn't want to deal with her. He just said goodbye to her. He went through hell to say no to her, right? He really wanted to right. be with Poppy. He loves her, but he's doing this for her protection, right? He It was gut-wrenching for him to part from her, and he had to brace himself emotionally. You know, he put him, her behind him. It's all for the best. And suddenly she shows up again in his life. He's just not ready to contend with that. He's right. too, too much for him. I was wondering if... You know, after everything that he said, like he said his goodbyes, he made this whole deal about not seeing each other anymore, blah, blah, blah. I was wondering if he might even feel a a little bit of level of embarrassment. Like, oh, after everything that I said, now she's here. You know what I mean? I I bet that's in there. And, you know, it's... Looking back, I, I loved your observation, Emily, about the three panels of him behind her, him going around her and then in front of her and the one where he's going around her it looks like he's like keeping just enough distance to not touch her and then he doesn't look at her and even if you go back down when he says to Quincy you know what the hell is Poppy Land doing here he's still not looking at her Mm -hmm. he's just you know aim throwing a point finger behind him and hoping he's pointing the right direction also to that I I thought I mean this is maybe like unverified but he's talking directly to Quincy and cursing, but I don't think that I have seen Tora curse a lot around Poppy. Hmm. Wow, this is, I don't know where you've been. I, he curses in every single panel. I know, he's cursing what? in every single panel, but like, <laughs> before. Not in, not in this way, though. You know, like, yeah. I, I mean, this might say more, this, this is one of those comments where it's going to say more about me probably than anybody else. But like, I swear like a sailor, <laughs> When I am around my friends and I'm talking to people that I know and I'm comfortable with, especially if I'm trying to tease them or roast them, just most of the time. Um, and then if I'm actually mad, it's like I've got one. I've, I, have to, I get to drop one swear word. It has some impact. And it's interesting, the simplicity of Torah's language in this scene versus the sort of 
explosive swearing or the banter that we see used so so often in so many other contexts. That was just a thought, I guess. I mean, he's still, you know, very irritable. He's, he's mm-hmm. you know, sick. He, you know, Tora hung up on Quincy five times or something, rather. And then I don't even know what Quincy had to say to trick him into coming here. So, you know, that already yeah. made him pissed and also, ill. And now he I'm has to humor if, him. I'm wondering if mm-hmm. he saw what happened with Poppy and Cordelia in the parking lot, too. Like, mm. we don't know what we don't know what my mentality he's coming into this with. So like, yeah, we don't know what pop, what Quincy said to him. We don't know. Um, he didn't know, he didn't know pop was going to be there to begin with. And then, you know, Cordelia makes that comment about, I'm sorry, I usually drive better. Like, I'm wondering if like, is she here this whole time? Just like causing trouble? Like, did she know Tar was watching? Did she like purposefully do some kind of awesome, amazing motorcycle trick that like maybe almost hit poppy? Like, was she, is she just storing the pot this entire time? Oh, I think she is. I think Cordelia so. I think, is I think chaotic that's her evil. Yes. Her whole job is to, to flirt, um, to sweep Poppy off her feet, and to inspire Tora to be jealous enough to take her back. I'm pretty sure that It's working for me. I mean, I'm already swept off my feet. <laughs> I, 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 yes. <laughs> Emphatic. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not going reaction. to engage in this conversation. So I will not make sentences. <laughs> so that was Quincy's plan, right? And Quincy sees his plan is not working out, right? He's thinking to himself, uh-oh, he looks furious. This is bad. He's sweating. He's like, well, as you can see, I have guests. He's trying to save face. And he was like, yeah, I see that you could have effing guests. And here, you know, but explain to me. And here we get like a full shot of his, him and all his jewelry. He's got this red nose. His eyes are like squinted shut. His hair is all messy all over his eyes, reminiscent of when they were on the roof. Ah, oh, this guy. And now is like that's this, you know, this long view panel. He's not looking back at Poppy. He's pointing back at her. What the hell is Poppy Land doing here? So dismissive, right? Like Poppy probably feels so angry that this is how he's he's not even addressing her, right? But and he's just Mm-mm. rushing past her, just addressing Quincy. And you know, her by, very by her first hand. name. Cordelia's right. like a pirate too, and I'm loving it. <laughs> a pirate. Mm-hmm. Sorry, back to Cordelia. <laughs> Feeling our hearts. <laughs> it's great. Like what you were saying, Lola, about him calling her by her full name. It's like the mom. Like when the mom's angry, you get called by your full name. Girl, I felt I was in trouble. Like I know that his <laughs> mm-hmm. patience running thin, and then he's trying to protect her. But then now he's like here, first row seat to like witness like Quincy destroying everything that he had worked up. Yep. And Quincy just doesn't get it. He has no idea that, like, how badly he has fucked everything up already. And he hasn't even, he hasn't, you know, like, we haven't even got to the the signing contract bit. No, and Mm -hmm. Poppy is super mad now. Like, it's like, it's literally a domino effect of, like, Tor getting mad, Poppy getting mad, Cordelia getting mad for Poppy, and then Quincy yelling to end all of this. Like, it's just completely chaos. Uh, and now she's you know she's upset that he ignored her it's like excuse me what am i doing here well i'm here for business purposes that have nothing to do with you and you know she's proceeding angrily towards him she's clenching one of her fists she's holding her one of her you know business pocketbooks and now wow tora just turns around and says bullshit that that also that moment where she says like this has nothing 
and that it was bolded. Nothing to do with you. Is that yeah? So she's trying to defend herself. Like, no, Tora, like, I wasn't running after you. I wasn't trying to disrespect your wishes after we just said goodbye and you said I can't see you anymore. Right? She specifically said to herself throughout the day, I have to respect his wishes, yeah. which is, you know, nice right. she's offended. I, like, I didn't do this. I didn't plan this. I'm, st- I'm still sure that that had to stink for Tora. Like, she's like, I got nothing to do with you. Like, oh, is- I think, I think it absolutely. My did. heart. She's distancing herself I, too. Yeah, and her and her temper is matching uh, Tora. <laughs> exactly, and I, I it's I think they're both at that point where they're so angry that like they're not that, like, they're not themselves. Yeah. yeah, no, they're not themselves, and and what and they're not open to really seeing or understanding what the other person is seeing or doing. Yeah. You know, when you get that angry, you're like set in your convictions about the other person's intentions. Mm-hmm. So attacked. Like when yeah. When you're just angry, like maybe if you talk out of it, but when you when it's a personal thing, like he's coming in at her like bullshit. This has the situation has nothing to do with you. And I don't think that bullshit was at her. I think it was just frustrated at the situation kind of thing. Can um, I point out oh, that when he yeah. said bullshit. You were yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that also like the, the look in his eyes. Like he's just the whole time. I'm just swooning, even when he's being like that. That panel is pretty devastating. Yeah, like that expression in his eyes. I don't literally don't know how Lily actually managed to convey that on her face, like that she drew. <laughs> but like she's just captured. Like, I, like I don't think I've. Other than, you know, the one panel that we have where he's going to give you, like, 27 episodes or something ago. I don't think I've ever seen Tor look like he's about to cry. And he looks like he, like, is, like, that level of angry where he's, like, one well-placed word away from just losing it. But with, like, anger, frustration, scared, like, Every- what the hell is going on. Yeah. And then meanwhile, in the background, there's Quincy. Poor <laughs> yeah. Quincy. Quincy is such a child. I mean, we love Quincy, but he is such a child. You know, he just can't, he doesn't think things through. Like, he really didn't even think that this would happen. And then he's just biting his fingernails, all nervous, sweating bullets. His his knees are, like, buckling together. He really didn't think about, he's, like, utterly dumbfounded. What? Tora isn't, you know, ecstatic that I arranged for him to see this girl? Yeah. He, I think he is operating from the assumption that everybody moves through life with a comparable ease to him. I see I so I definitely agree with that I mean Quincy's a little bit um removed from (laughs) the world but I also think that it's just a complete lack of information like Tora they're in group chat with Tora and you and Tora never says anything like how is he supposed (laughs) to know sends like one captionless photo every three weeks yeah you're very right yeah Quincy just is oblivious and is not entirely to blame for that fact, which slips back over into like someone help Tora learn how to communicate effectively, which of course he can't really do while he's in the mob because that would be a threat to his survival. He has to lock it down. So we have him in this horrible rock and hard place. Yeah, we can hear you a little. You're back. Lola's gone for a little bit. She's here again. Yeah. (laughs) We lost her. Welcome back, Lola. but yeah, so uh, also I like the idea of um, nope, I'm getting ahead of myself. Never mind, keep going. <laughs> I'm jumping. 
Where okay. are we? <laughs> yeah. So now Cordelia in the background, like while Tora is now, you know, communicating with Poppy, Cordelia does this signal, like the signal to Quincy. She's like, this asshole? And Quincy like, nod, nod, nod. <laughs> like, this is the guy that you wanted me to make Tora jealous about? You know, Tora, sorry, to make Poppy jealous? What? Okay, forget all the sentence phrasing. <laughs> you, you want me to make this asshole jealous? <laughs> Uh, I I'm love sure, that yeah. Cordelia was like still like hell yeah let's do it I guess like <laughs> she's playing into his plan which by the way tells me about what the kind of person Cordelia is that Quincy knew that this is what she would this is what would make her stay right she she wanted to leave and he was like no no please stay and then this is the plan that he knows would appeal to her something like to mess with people I'm a little iffy about Cordelia Ooh. Well, we don't know. Yeah. We actually don't know. I mean, we're speculating here. Like, I definitely agree. I think I think they're up to something. Maybe it's some kind of jealousy plot. Maybe it's just stirring the pot in general. Um, we don't actually know any of this yet. Chaotic I, evil. Yes, but I definitely <laughs> think we're on the right track because, like, mm-hmm. there's, there is some kind of chaos going on. And I, and I love her being, like, the goddess of, of chaos and darkness. <laughs> yep. It's great. Mm-hmm. Totally mm-hmm. excellent. So Tora now asks, finally, he's addressing Poppy, and he's like, what kind of business do you have with effing Quincy? Mm-hmm. Right, because, and then he's so angry, and then you see exactly why. He says, you have no idea who he is or what you're getting yourself involved in. Right? This he is, did make he that just point before of not telling her the right. whole story of, and about Quincy. Meanwhile, Poppy's just He's still trying to protect this, her, I, I guess. This, I'm literally here because it's my job. I'm an editor at a publishing company. He's a novelist. What about this don't you get? Girl, she whipped out her binder and I was like, oh no. She's yeah. in business. Like, whipping out the office supplies, that can't be good. Okay. So, <laughs> so her, Tor grabbing that binder, one, I want to be that binder. The amount of grabs that thing goes through this episode, like, mm. Tor grabs it. Cordy grabs it, and then Quincy grabs <laughs> it. I want to be that binder. Poppy <laughs> is destined, I think Saucy Tuggles on, on Patreon mentioned this, but like, that Poppy is destined never to get through an actual proposal. Like, no one has actually been <laughs> all the work she's doing. That poor girl. That will be the real resolution of the Poppy Land. The last um, actual like, proposal. The final episode is just like 18 panels of somebody like slowly and methodically reading through an entire proposal, you know, like taking notes. Like that that's going to be the last episode yeah. of the series, like in the, the, the distant future. She deserves that much. I wanted to she, point yes. out something here that she, like looking at the panel and I their was, body language. I was mad though when, when Tora grabbed it. I'm not, not going to lie. Like, that's the one panel where she cries. Yeah. What were you saying? Like, Lola well, was saying something about body language. Now I'm, oh. I, I love body language. <laughs> My ears are sorry. And like, we need a, a talking stick. Um, the, but I was just like noticing, like, the body language, it, even though they're fighting, nobody's crossing their arms. They're facing each other. I know that they're screaming, yelling, and whatever, but they seem to be remain open to each other. Yeah, if you take the binder out, they're very, mm-hmm. you know, the shield, they're very open. That's true. Right. It's passion. Mm-hmm. They're, they're screaming with this at each other out of passion. Yeah. Especially to Right. He's doing this all for her. I and, know. you know, she. <laughs> what I, I wanted to say was like that Poppy and, and her binder and, and everything that's going on, like, that I don't think that, that Tora realized that even though that she is, you know, small, 
and but she takes no shit from anybody she's not gonna let this huge man boss her around when she's like on a mission here she's trying to save her job she's trying to save the company and i i don't think that tora realizes that for her this is about like her livelihood and her survival which, which gets back to leslie's point about the tears i think what were you gonna yeah, say that's right i mean i i would i would have teared up too um so it's only at the grabs the binder that poppy loses herself to that extent you know it's the only point in this whole altercation where we see like real distress that runs deeper that distress that hits in a place that's different than anger Mm -hmm. and indignation she's distraught she's a very pretty crier at least Um, (laughs) she's she's a very pretty pretty crier i still use her her. um but it's also I, Tavia, I always do. I'm always in your corner. I will, I will <laughs> fight people for you. Um, but also, it's just like this is this is the bit where, you know, my sort of rant on Patreon was like, I totally understand Tori's extreme vulnerability and exposure here, and the fact that there wasn't really another option but for him to like react badly in sort of a normal, reasonable social setting because of the way he's been mm-hmm. like conditioned growing up. Um, but that doesn't change the impact that his actions have and it's just like watching him (laughs) just sort of second guess poppy and express such aggression and then to just like forcibly take away this thing that he knows her well enough to know is really important and that she's really proud of and that like her work and you know corporate ladder really to her that just that made me real mad and that is the one place in this episode where we see poppy cry Mm mm-hmm so can we um, backtrack a little bit because there's a there's a few panels here that have some nice interaction where, you know, she's tries to defend herself. She says, Quincy invited me here. And if you think I'm taking orders from a guy in a stupid dino sweater, think again. Oh, so, dino sweater, yeah. His sweater, he's wearing a sweater. It's a khaki green sweater with his khaki green pants. It has a dinosaur T-Rex on it with a guitar. And it says, let's rourke. <laughs> so you know he loves that sweater and also she just did so yeah I, that's what i love this panel that he's like he's ignoring what she said about him ordering her and then he just latched on to that t-rex right and he says it's an effing t-rex and he's like so a couple of things about this so my first thoughts were that you know cordelia poppy and quincy are all dressed up it's a snazzy restaurant and he comes in and totally dressed down, right? This is probably his comfort clothes, right? Because he's sick. He, he always dresses casually in general, but he shows up with his comfort clothes. So I think that automatically puts him really out of place because Tora constantly feels like he's the odd one out and he's not as sophisticated as everyone else. And he doesn't, he's not legitimate like everyone else and he doesn't belong in, you know, the proper mm-hmm. world. And like, he just is so uncomfortable right now. And yeah. somebody, Emily, you mentioned, you compared it with his childhood t-shirt, when he was in the cell, right? Was it uh, you? Yeah, in chapter five, you can see him. It's a, like a green little T-Rex listening to music that says, uh, be cool. Um, and it's like, I don't, I used, when that chapter first came out, chapter five, I dissected the heck out of it. I think everyone did because it was like a really pivotal, like Vincent Tora moment. Um, and I wanted mm-hmm. to see like if I missed any details. And like eventually I just was like, okay, it's just a cute, a cute little kid's T-shirt, um, which I think I'm stretching things when I say like I like that the T-Rex is like the king of the dinosaurs and like mm-hmm. Tora comes from like a long like a line of like you know he's got some kind of past of of you know behind him um, linked to Ulan to Asura's bride um, but 
I just like the idea of, of that was like when he was in a dark place, like he had his little t-shirt on, like he had his own style. Like he probably didn't have many choices, but like he had that little t-shirt that was like dinosaur themed. Maybe he liked dinosaurs a lot. And like when you're sick, I think you tend to regress. Like you get into your onesie, you crawl into bed, you mm-hmm. watch old movies that you watched as a kid. Like my husband, when mm-hmm. he's sick, has to watch the three caballeros every single time he's sick. I'm just not sick. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> what? Um, I had a point and I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah you, you, you revert really come I think that I mean, if we're thinking one. that this childhood is some sort of like representation of you know or, or going back to his childhood and so it may be then more than just like a simple dino sweater or a t-shirt or a you know a t-rex it's like it's personal I think also a t-rex you know the fact that he responds oh it's not just a dinosaur it's a t-rex T-Rexes are known to be, you know, like you said, the king of the dinosaurs, the most ferocious, the most scary, the most powerful, the most violent. And, you know, baby Torah and adult Torah, they both need to be that powerful person. And especially baby Torah, right? <laughs> I kind of love calling him baby Torah. But, you know, he has no control over his life, but he can choose what he puts on his T-shirt, maybe, right? I don't know if he can necessarily, or if it's just a hand-me-down that Vincent threw at him. But, mm-hmm. you know, him, want, him gravitating towards a T-Rex, you know, maybe is a way to feel powerful. Where he doesn't feel powerful. Might be. You just can't take him seriously because he's Very well wearing. Might a, be. He's playing a yeah. guitar. <laughs> and you know. This- Meanwhile, Quincy is just like, what? What? How did we get to this argument? Why are they fighting over the dinosaur? And so, like- this retort, this uh, back and forth with Poppy and Tora, where Poppy's like, "Oh, T Rex, that makes it so much better." That <laughs> reminds me when they were in Alice's restaurant, and he's like, "She's like, um, oh, something about your height," and he's like, "You know, she's like, oh, six feet," and he's like, six foot three." Oh wow! Three. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Love yeah. Yep. There are echoes. There are always echoes. Yeah, it's that banter, and you know he ignores it, and you see like this. This is where he grabs her portfolio. He has his vein popping out. He's like, whatever, just give me that. And you know this is where we we have tear, and now Cordelia steps in and she says, "Stay behind." And she pulls, she yanks the presentation out of Dora's hand, which is like, wow. Step up aggression. Step up intimidation. I think you gotta have some nerve to do that i mean maybe she doesn't know who tora like is but hot damn lady you go i mean she's also using her own size just like tora is to intimidate yeah like she's telling him pick on someone your own size like me like this girl is like half your size and they're like so i like the idea of looking at them as like predators like they're like literally two predators squaring off like <laughs> fighting like it feels like a yep. dominant display for like the lesser female to choose from. <laughs> yep there's like there's just so much like alpha energy mm-hmm. in this room delicious so much like i'm i'm just gonna like sit here with my popcorn and my lust <laughs> and it's fine <laughs> so yeah so they're fighting and you know cordelia says that picking on a woman who's half your size really and tora just makes it worse he's like that shorty's not even half my effing size and who the heck are you like oh my god that's so cute like i don't also that that shorty excuse you (laughs) digging grave you know he's being so insulting wow like that, yeah. That he 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 like put down the shovel and then got a backhoe <laughs> to dig himself in deeper. Right now, I love it though. I I don't know this this whole like aggression thing is just it's it's working for me. <laughs> Definitely working for me. Him, his canines, his wild hair. Yes, the canines, and then like me, and then I love little indignant Poppy still in the background while these two like alpha <laughs> creatures are 
are squaring off. And she's like, yo, hey, back here. Like, oh, I'm, I'm still here. Move. Yeah. So here I'm very curious when he says, who the F are you? I remember we, we had spoken, well, some of us had spoken about like last time how Tora must know who Cordelia is because, you know, if he's, if he's Tor- Quincy's bodyguard, he must know who he, who he hangs out with. But if it appears that he doesn't know who she is. Interesting. What do you think of that? Because he was busy I, taking I, Poppy based to on her. the way that Nick Cordelia and Quincy interacted in the previous episode and some of the little hints in this episode um, with it seems like Cordelia really calls the shots in terms of her relationship with Quincy. So I think it's quite plausible that that she exerts enough power over Quincy and in the dynamic of the relationship to like skirt around the need to give the bodyguard an FYI. I mean, I guess like Pop um Tora had been distracted taking Poppy to back to her apartment and where the supermarket thing happened. And now that Tora is getting more responsibilities from Vincent, that stands to reason that he's not, you know, as in touch with what Quincy's doing because he's got other shit to worry about. It also seems like their relationship is relatively spontaneous. Like, it's not like they're dating. They're just kind of um, once in a while getting together. So, like, Tor doesn't seem like bodyguard duty, like standing outside Quincy's door kind of detail. It just seems kind of like a he's there when Quincy needs him kind of bodyguard. So it's conceivable that if Cordelia just shows up every once in a while or texts Quincy, like, hey, meet me here last minute, that Quincy's just off and running. Like, we see that later in the episode that, like, she's been knocking at his door, like, you know, Blondie, get your ass over here, and he's running to greet her. So, like, it's it, it seems like because it's so spontaneous that there is a chance that they just haven't collided yet, that Quincy, uh, that Tora and Cordelia just haven't had that, that chance meeting. Mm-hmm. Or Tora is just, like, super delusional because he's sick. Yeah, that seems <laughs> that. that seems pretty right. Yeah. And, you know, Cordelia's like, wherever I am, it's none of your business. Now kindly back the F off. Now, I have this interesting here. Uh, Veronica Ramos um, said on Patreon, she gave a whole list of reasons why she didn't like Cordelia. And this was one of them. She felt that Cordelia wasn't <laughs> letting Poppy fight her own fight and she was just interfering for her. Now, some people like this about Cordelia and some people don't like it. Hmm. So I pers- personally, so like I, I get that. I get both sides of the argument, obviously. Um, I like it just because I like the idea I, I just like the idea of, of Cordelia's character both. being protective, just as much as I like Tora's, you know, a lot of it's misplaced. I think a lot of well-intentioned actions can be misplaced. Um, Poppy obviously can handle herself. We've seen it before. We see it here. Um, like, move aside Cordelia, like, let me at him. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I love Cordelia's character. I think that it's more strong badass yep. than it is meant to be, you know, condescending or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I also I do I do agree <laughs> that Cordelia is is shady. Um, that there's going to be a lot more to her than is being let on. I think probably uh, more so even than she lets on to like Quincy. So no- I, there, I think that the you know hot badass. Yeah, there's there's definitely mystery, and I think that there can also be a little there's there is something a little bit sinister in her mystery, and I think that as much as she's like playing the part of um, playing the part, and also maybe genuinely just being like, dude, stop being a dick, stop yelling at Poppy. Um, there is also a little bit of you know she has a lot of alpha energy, and that sometimes I think involves stepping in front of people 
um, even yeah. when they're fully capable of fighting their own battles. And I, it would have been really interesting to see how this argument played out had Cordelia not been there. I mean, and I think she, I don't know. Like, I don't know if she thought about it Poppy you know, so and much. I don't, sort of like, like in the heat of the earlier. moment, I don't think Cordelia was like, oh, do I let her, you know, fight her own battles? I think she's seeing, you know, Poppy and her tears and being moved by that and then trying to help, you know, like, on an instinct level, like, you know, I don't want to say, like, fear all, but, like, kind of fear all. <laughs> like, we're, I'm just going to move in and try to take the opponent or like the person that's causing her distress which was Torah. yeah and she tells him now kindly back the f off and Torah, you know he has this again this like it's very it's a pretty childish response like make me f what just you know with his, <laughs> his brows are his eyelids are down and here you know poppy's in the background excuse me shorty and here cordelia cordelia just gets super angry with his vein popping out she's shaking and she says you rude little prick and then, of course, Tora responds. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. You could say it. Go, Lola. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to say it. No, I'm sorry. Okay, he says, I can assure you there's nothing little about my... <laughs> and, yes, there's nothing little about your prick, Tora. <laughs> He's so funny. He's hilarious. Okay, so Tora has always reminded me of a, co- a co-worker that I, that I had um, when I worked at Lowe's. I'll remind me a lot of him. Like, a troubled background and very, like snarky sarcastic didn't let anybody in but like a sweetheart the heart of oh, gold thank you. he was he was uh he was younger than me and i was married but <laughs> i don't know i, I felt know like why i had to ask that question because it doesn't really matter to him. i actually i tried to get him to like talk to me because i had found out later that his mother died and anyway he he wasn't able to open up and i honestly i think i pushed him too much like i, I didn't understand that if somebody says i you know i can't talk about it they mean i can't talk about it because I was typical, like, female. I was like, oh, but you must talk about it. And obviously, the way to process your emotions is to talk about it. And then that's another story. But he, he actually also we, would make this joke. Like, I told him once that he reminded me of um, the god from Moana, the demigod from Moana. forgot the Maui. Maui. And I was like, yeah, but, I was like, yeah, but you know, um, he's bigger than you. He's like, something like, how do you know? Or something so kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. I thought mm-hmm. nothing I mentioned, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a very guy thing, you know, having to defend their honor. Also, like a deflection. It's like a, I feel like it's like a, I don't know. He's he's uncomfortable. He's not happy with the situation. Like, don't I, coming I just you. can't take him seriously, him saying that, when he's holding up a handkerchief. Like, does he <laughs> actually own a handkerchief? Is this like a, a I don't know, I, the things that keep that, me up at night. I thought it was a tissue. <laughs> I just thought it was like a Does he have a, like a block of? box of tissues i think he has a handkerchief okay i keep we, we must ask lily these questions <laughs> yeah and now we have like poppy and is flailing her arms behind behind cordelia she looks like she's feeling like out of control why doesn't anyone listen to me she's screaming move aside cordelia yes you know, everyone here is their tensions are escalating and it's just getting out of hand and then Quincy pulls them all back in with his mm-hmm. cute little scrunched up hand scream. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so I like this image of him here tantrum. because um, Quincy's big. Like he's he's not. A small I know. But Thank he, God for that. <laughs> but then he makes himself look small. Like he crouches a lot. He kind of hunches. He like squishes his hands mm-hmm. together and like tucks himself in. So I feel like 
he definitely can make himself feel smaller sometimes like because he's he's just a big guy like he can't he can't help that um but he's also kind of timid which is cute um as much as he's also self-confident at times he's also kind of timid um maybe he doesn't like confrontation also Tora probably scares the shit out of him he he was not very nice to him growing up um so like i like i like seeing big toria still i like seeing big big quincy just like acting all little like excuse me and then like having to just out and like get attention <laughs> yeah that's, that's... though mm. yep <laughs> Yeah, and he so his yell actually stops them. They all stop, stop, you know, cold. Poppy, they calm down. Tora, who has his arms on his hips, he turns around and he gives him this deadpan look. I mean, he looks so bad. Cordelia looks calmer in the background, but Tora just looks, he looks aggrieved. He looks sick. He looks, he just looks beat up here. Yeah. And the, yeah. He is so, and the, so, so, um, <laughs> Again, Saucy Tuggles on Patreon made a comment about the difference between Cordelia and Tora's eyes. Like, Cordelia's got the silver eyes and Tora's got the golden eyes, um, which I really liked that kind of contrast between the two of them. Like, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, Cordelia as, like, a wolf and, ti- and, and Tora, obviously, as, like, a tiger. Like, these two predators with their glares now fixed, like, purposefully on Quincy. It's interesting I said that because you know, warmer colors and cool colors, right? Cool colors are typically associated mm-hmm. with cold, with distance, and warm colors with passion and fire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think maybe if we're going to go that way, Cordelia so far to me has given off this very distant and, you know, cold vibe, especially the way yeah. she treats Tora, uh, sorry, the way she treats Quincy. And Tora, you know, as much as he's yelling and upset, we know it's coming from passion and from love and concern for Poppy. Mm-hmm. I like that. Thanks, Saucy Tuggles. Quincy being worried about shit, he's gonna skin me alive while he's wearing animal print, which I feel is like very oh, ironic. Man. Like he is Carol Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, he's like, I, yeah, I'll explain. Okay, how are you gonna explain? And then she's here because, and he's walking over, and he puts his arms on on Poppy's shoulder. Okay, which is... stop it right there. Like, look at the the fingers on that shoulder. What? <laughs> how big are his hands? What? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay and i kind of see to me it looks like poppy like cringes a little bit like she raises her shoulders up you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um you know it's a little unexpected to be grabbed like that personally i don't like being touched by people without being asked you know i i don't like people touching me like touching me is very personal mm-hmm. and like you can only touch me if like i'm close with you but i, I feel like she raised her shoulders up like out of shock and but pa- you know he's trying to correct the situation he's like she's mad at her now and i wanted to, to introduce you to her and his like, I'm adorable Quincy face. You know, like some people have this like, I'm adorable face and this is my face I use to get away with things and like, I'm cute. So like, you have to like ignore anything I do now. That's his face. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is it. And Poppy's shocked. You know, and they're still glaring. Cordelia's looking. Tora has this glare on his face. Really so. She hasn't even presented her proposal yet. And yeah, she's like, huh? yeah, yeah. Where he snatches it away from her. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, Tora's like, what the F are you talking about? And he's like, who the hell cares? Give me that. Oh, no. read it. I love it. No, and like, this I'm not attack thinking about that. Like, I, I am in a business family where like, I, I'm pretty sure they find an issue with every contract they ever read, like just out of principle. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm definitely one who will sign things without thinking, but I've been so ingrained in the last couple of years in business that like, seeing him just just sign like he doesn't even know he knows zero oh, he knows yeah. nothing my, my stomach did like three somersaults i went oh mm, mm, quincy 
So this to me shows something, like it shows two things about Quincy to me. One that, well, three things, I guess. One, he is, he really wants to help out, right? He he wants to help Poppy out. He wants to make Torah calm down. He wants Poppy to feel good. So he's like, okay, let me, let me solve this real quick. Two, he doesn't think before he does anything, does things. And he's like, okay, um, he doesn't realize that his consequences can have actions. Sorry, his actions can have consequences. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even register. I was like, yes. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. And three, he's very sheltered from the world. Like he doesn't, I mean, he's young, but he also has lived, he's lived his life in a way where he thinks that things will always go well for him. And who knows what he signed. I mean, he could have signed that he had, you know, ridiculously low salary, no rights to his, his work. Who knows? Right. And, he's but he just doesn't not, have an experience. Yeah. Hmm? He's definitely not financially de- like dependent upon anything. Like he's got enough money. So I guess like he has a little bit more leeway to just not worry, as mm-hmm. much, which is a wonderful feeling for him, but uh, not realistic for the rest of the world. Right. right. I think it shows how sheltered he is and how far removed he is from the struggles of normal people. I just like seeing him with his pinky up after he signed it. Like, here you go. Oh, my. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm amazed that he didn't like doesn't like somehow write his name, write his signature with his pinky up. <laughs> <laughs> a flourish. Yeah, he has a beautiful pen. Of course, he does have a, a nice pen. You know, metal, Fountain. gold. Good point. Where did that come from? Does he carry that? I mean, I guess as an author, you like yeah. pens. I don't know. That's awesome. Pen. Didn't notice that. He, yeah, he's, he's like he's yeah. got a lab coat and a pocket protector somewhere. <laughs> Right. And he's like, okay, see, problem solved. There, see my editor. He thinks, by the way, he he thinks that he can solve problems with like a, you know a wink of an eye. You know, he's not used to dealing with adversity too much, and that mm-hmm. understanding that some problems are not easily solved. Right? He doesn't realize what he did with Torah. Right? Torah is flipping out because he doesn't want to put Poppy in danger, and he's like, he doesn't even see this. He's like, okay, um, there's pro- there's a problem. Now she's my editor. No problem. Right? He thinks that he solved the problem. Now. Yep. He doesn't. When in reality, he probably just made it worse because now there is literally a paper trail connecting him to Poppy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. See, I, I, I relate. I feel really bad for Quincy. I know, I know he's sheltered, and like I relate to him really hard because I grew up relatively sheltered. So when I see this, I'm always just like, I would have, I would have wanted to gloss this over really quickly. Like, cool, just sign the contract. You're going to be fine. Everything, just make everyone happy at all costs, really quickly, and move it along. So like. I feel bad for Quincy personally, but that's a hundred percent just on me. No, that's true. I mean, he, he's very selfless. He's willing to put himself into harm's way to make everybody to please everybody, right? He, he does. He, right, and he was trying to do, and he was like genuinely, like trying to do something really Torah, good. He's yeah. like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get Torah his his yeah. girl. Everybody's gonna be happy. yeah, matchmaker. Yeah, he definitely. Well, we get to well, we'll get to that later, but at some point he mentions um, about like wanting something about just like wanting to to make Tora happy and like it was just like everything is so well intentioned but we'll, we'll get there later in the chapter mm-hmm. yeah for now yep. right after he signs Tora just gives him this death glare he's like he knows what he did Whew. he thinks this is a terrible idea that's yeah that's I, a look to me that, like resigned yeah that's- also thought about yoda like fear leads to anger i don't know why i wrote that down i like it yeah he's fearful 100 percent. and you're yeah. right resigned i can Connecting see that, that up. yeah <laughs> right and that's where that's where this scene ends because the next scene you know they're sitting down and they're they're congratulating each other because he knows this is the end of the road it's done he did it you can't stop him yeah and yep then we see we see everyone calm down except for Tora. 
right mm-hmm. chip, they're sitting they're eating and you know she's thinking everyone's calmed down <laughs> or she i think uh quincy actually is thinking it everyone right except for tiger boy i love that he <laughs> calls him tiger boy isn't that cute so cute yeah and then now you know Oh, we go back and then we, we see that flashback, which I love. Right. Um, so Quincy, before that, Quincy, you know, looks at him and before he even says anything, Tora, without looking at him, just recognizes oh, he turned oh, around oh. and says, turn back around, keep your effort mouth shut if you want to make it out alive tonight. You know, he's right. just <laughs> it's such a brother, sister, you know, brother, brother thing. Yeah. And he's like, I was not saying anything, you prick. <laughs> which is, by the way, the second time he's been called prick tonight. Also the camera work again. So yep. I've been I've been obsessing over this since the Torah pivot kind of walk, um, but like with all these people in in this episode, this chapter, you see a lot of like foreground background information, and like it's not just Torah and and Quincy sitting there talking. You can tell that Cordelia is there. Like you can see the camera is looking over her shoulder. Like it's just it was really well told this whole scene um, for us as readers. Yeah, it really was. And it's also interesting, you know, seeing like who is excluded from the frame each Ooh, time. Space. Each That's time they're true. taking a shot around the table. Right. And, you know, we start seeing mm-hmm. some of the, the silver, the cutlery and the silverware. It's beautiful. It's fancy. There's a lot of gold in the background. It's a very elegant place. And, if, you know, again, this is, some, this is some place that people go to enjoy themselves. And they were having this giant altercation over here instead of this pleasant atmosphere together. Yeah, and now Quincy's thinking back. He he, you know, looks kind of side eye, and then he's like, "Damn it, this is not supposed to be happening." And Indeed. here he's reminiscing about how he even came to this to begin with. And yes. he remembers that before when you know Gayu Giu, however we pronounce it, we called him, and he's like, "Poppy Lion Wilkes, huh? She's that busty little brunette who came over with Benjamin last Friday." And he's like, "Well, I don't know. You know, he didn't want to tell me how they knew each other, but I'll find out eventually." And then here he is. He's just going hopping straight into his you know, plan. She had, knew she had to be his type. It makes perfect sense. Why else would it be all over her that night? Volunteer to take her home. I bet he's head over heels in love with her. So doesn't Quin- even think about any other possibility. Quincy is the entire fandom right now. He is interested. <laughs> he's sitting in his bathroom, hair up, like taking care of himself, and then like planning <laughs> Tora and Poppy's wedding. Like he's got a Pinterest board full of animal print tuxedos and like flowing gowns for the bridesmaids like he he's got everything planned out already like they're in love this is accepted and like he's planning yeah. and, and like, then he, I, I accept i accept sorry this. go ahead yeah, well yes. you're, you're building up to it this but is, i was like yeah he, he he keeps thinking and like then he goes into like him offering his own services and like just because he writes smutty novels all of a sudden like he's the love expert and like not only is he oh, the love God. expert but he's like the superhero in the situation. Like Tor, he literally calls my sidekick Tiger Boy as if like Quincy is the star, and like now he's in helping. <laughs> and like during all of this, it's hilarious. But at the same time, he also says, "I'll find you happiness you deserve." Like, and that's it's, just like yeah. oh, my heart. That part got me. Yeah. The, like I know that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yep. Yes. At, at his core, he's a good dude. I mean, I he's a good I dude. He's trying to do the right thing. Short-sighted or like ignorance of like doing things. I I think his heart was in the right place despite everything. I agree. Yeah, and he does have like this moment of insight where he says, although knowing that giant iceberg, he's not going to fess up to his feelings so easily. So that's insightful. That shows you know he does know something about Torah. But then, you know, then he just completely disregards anything else. And again, no communication, right? He doesn't ask him. He doesn't mm-hmm. say, you know, what's your plan? Communication, what's that? 
And I also find it ironic that he says he's the expert on love and relationships when clearly like there's something not so functional between him and Cordelia. It's like, oh, sad. and, you know, then someone calls him and he thinks it's, it's Caillou again. He's like, what is it, boo boy? I told you I think it's something for big bro's birthday, but it's Cordelia. And she's like, hey, Blondie. Oh, and those that little blush and then those calves. I I know everyone. Oh, the calves. <laughs> Thank you. And she bosses him around, right? She's like, get your ass over here. I've been banging on your door for hours. Which, hours, really? I don't think she's been banging on this door for hours. But, you know, I think she's just impatient. She's used to getting her way. She's used to bossing him around. And Quincy laps it up. You know, he runs out. See, puppy, right? He acts to her. He's He enjoys being bossed around, probably. And, you know, see, puppy, yes, yes, daddy. Right, that shows you about what he thinks of her. Yeah. Uh, he, she's in a dominant position for him. <laughs> He's into it. <laughs> Just run straight out of the bathtub. And like he obviously, he obviously loves. Oh yeah. yeah, you're right. He laps it up, and then like we see hit that exact thing transitioning into Quincy wishing, like him being selfless for letting Poppy have Cordy's attention. I think is like the cutest thing that that's his definition of a sacrifice. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. He's like, whoa! Yeah, me? he can't sit next to next yeah. to his Fine. girlfriend for you, you know, thinking thirty minutes. Had when he was a guy in the bathtub, like the copious tears. It's like drama king, drama king. So yeah, and we see here insight into what he what he was planning, right? According to his expert analysis, Tora is supposed to be into her, and he should have been trying trying to pry her away from Cordy or talk to her or something, expert right? Because analysis. he yeah. right. He wanted Cordy, so he, you see here, he, it looks like he set Cordy up to try to make Tora jealous. Yeah, it does. It at least, like, yeah. that side panel of Tora. So, like, when he, so he's, he's contemplating all this, obviously, and he looks over at Tora, and that hair flip, I mean, I just want to yank it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, instead of all that happening, and in that panel, you see, you know, <laughs> Cordelia and Poppy are, Cordelia's leaning in close to Poppy. They're both talking, Poppy's smiling. Cordelia is talking like 100% delivered here. Like she's like pulling all the stuff. She called mm-hmm. her her love, the body language touching her. Poppy's glowing yep. and Tora is and, screaming. And you know, inside. now Quincy's looking back, right? He notices that he's like, well, Tora, I see you now, bro. He has a satisfied smirk on his face and he's like, I know you're not talking to her, but I see you. You're looking at her. And I love that. That whole scene with so first off, it's just, I mean, that's just sexy. Any man that's completely giving you that much undivided attention, attention like, oh, yeah. I'm all for that. Um, and then that halo, like, not, it's not really a halo, but the, like spotlight on Poppy with her hair glowing and everything. And like, he's still kind of in the dark. Like, I just love that, that those two panel, like, I don't know, juxtapositions of the two characters was beautiful. Right. Even though he's angry at her and he's angry and sick in this whole situation, he still sees her as this joyous, mm-hmm. vibrant being that is the center of his attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. She is. And then Quincy's yep. mind obviously goes right to the guy. She really is radiant like, in that panel. Bro, what's going on in your head, you little nasty. Like, he, he thinks that, that that attention that Tora is giving Poppy is obscene. And, like, maybe it is, but, like, you thought about it, bro. <laughs> your mind went there first. So you romance. Says more about you than anybody else. Also, like I cracked up at him being like his peripheral eye game is strong, but you know, like I've had years of sort of experience, (laughs) like you know, sneakily observing the creepy bastard. And then the next panel is him just like dead on staring at Tora, like Quincy. Yeah, I mean Quincy is also the smart smart writer, right? So that's what he thinks everyone thinks about. You see the world through your lens, you think everybody sees the world the same way. So he's like, well. 
I see the world through this lens. Clearly, Tora must also. I'm hoping he's not far off. <laughs> Apparently. Maybe. But now, finally, Quincy's like, okay, enough for these two now. And then he pays attention to himself. He's like, what the hell did I get myself into? Giant Goldfish Publishing, Mrs. Lamb's novel refurbishment project. <laughs> and he's like, while they're talking, he's like, just sitting there looking all concerned and flummoxed. He's like, what on earth did I just sign myself up for? And yeah, and he's and then- adorable. Where we get Cordy at his at, at her best, um, where she like is I don't know she's validating Poppy's effort, which made me really happy that you know she says you're an editor uh, and an assistant manager, like you're going places, and I think that like having just been completely undermined for her proposal, that this kind of like noticing of Poppy's effort was like validation. Really yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I I saw it more as like Very her nice. riling them up and just her trying to show well we'll get into it a little bit more later but her just trying to chat poppy up and show that she has a connection with her that torah doesn't have and whether if you notice in this panel where the waitress is putting a meal down in front of of torah torah is you know his arms are crossed he's very defensive and angry but he's leaning he's shifted in a way that he's like looking more at poppy you notice that oh i did mm-hmm. yep oh, he's like leaning I away from that. the waitress a little bit he's clearly tilted to poppy yep I also think that that Cordy can be validating Poppy and be- also have this ulterior motive. She's definitely of very clever. 100%. Basically making Tora feel bad. Flying clever. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. Poppy, I, I do think Poppy is definitely responding very genuinely. Very wild. Because she says, well, not exactly. We're a small startup and it's a fancy job title, but that's about it. And I think, you know, this is something she definitely feels very insecure about herself as a person. I think a while back I asked... Um, I think it was Penny and I don't remember who else. Um, I read a lot about screenwriting. And one of the things that I read is that every character has to have a dramatic need. Like what's their need? Everyone has to have something that propels them through the story. What's their desire in life? What makes them tick? What motivates them? And I felt that at this stage for Poppy, what her need was, her need was to succeed. She's just moved from the city. She's um, sorry, from the country to the city. She graduated from college. She's anxious about her job. She's really trying to succeed. And I think, you know, this right away, this really shows this is her genuine feeling. She doesn't, She's worried about herself. She doesn't give herself the respect that, you know, Cordelia is trying to give her. He's, you know, it's a small startup. It's a fancy title. It's not about it, right? She's putting herself down and her accomplishments mm-hmm. down. She's not used to just like really standing on her own two feet with assurance <laughs> about her own. Yeah. And then, and then she says something which is hilarious. She's like, I'm usually doing the work of three for the pay of. And then she's like, oop stops herself the same way like she stopped herself from saying um you know you and your friends and then like legal syndicate or something way back when they were like chasing mr lamb and she's like oops stop gossiping about the company in front of the new hire because you know she just because just signed this contract for she just she just nope. landed cute and then you know cordelia <laughs> leans over to her more and she's like humble aren't you love oh my god and then- so- ah! oh my god you know that hand is on thigh. You know that hand is Irritated. on Oh my god! And then she goes, "Look, Oof. you've got sauce in your hair." And she just, oh, and she just takes. You know, I, I was so mad at her. Oh, we so read mad. this very. We read this very differently. I was swooning that whole time. <laughs> really? Really? I want much more. Grab her hair. There's more sauce. Keep going at it. <laughs> okay, I guess it's because I just don't like Cordelia, and I'm also very protective of Tora at this point. You know, Tora is in my heart. That's it. That's valid. I'm that's loyal that's to Tora. That's absolutely valid. I'm both swooning over Cordy and also oh, just I'm taking that jelly and spreading it all over my toast. I am right loving now. him being jealous of this. Like you know he's <laughs> peripherally glaring at them as that hand swipes her hair. Ugh. 
Sorry, I, I can't. I mean, we just don't know how much of this is. Totally fair. I think I think Cordelia is, there is something extremely shady about her, like how how sketchy she is, I think we have yet to find out. But it's there. she's absolutely working with an ulterior motive. She's a very good flirt and she knows it. I am absolutely on board with her flirting. But I'm a weak, it, I'm a weak woman. There's, I'm there's completely sinister. okay with There's manipulative <laughs> underneath it. <laughs> yep. And it knowing that, especially for Torah right now, this isn't just a case of somebody's flirting with this girl. It is absolutely like the stakes are much higher than that. And he probably feels like totally powerless, mm. which is not a great place for also, the poor guy. Me. Probably can't even taste his food. If his I, nose my is heart stuffed up. Like yeah. that's depressing. <laughs> a good point. Yeah. Also true. Now, you know, then now Poppy starts asking Cordy, she's like, what about you, Cordy? And this is so heartbreaking. She's like, oh, me, I'm a legal practitioner. And Poppy blushes, right? She's impressed by that. She's like, wait, like a lawyer? And now Cordelia's answer is like, of sorts. So this is a lot of people have picked up on this. They're like, eh, we don't know exactly what Cordy does. People were like, maybe she did. Yeah. I, like I bet she makes things go away. I thought she was like off. a PA, like PA. A yeah, PI. That's kind of my theory. Mm. Or my theory. Bounty Hunter, something like that. Have you guys watched The Good Wife? There's this character called Kalinda. I think that's what she does. Meanwhile, like Tor is in the background, just like slicing away yeah. his steak, wanting to be literally anywhere else. Plate. I'm surprised he didn't destroy it. Yeah, and Poppy is duly impressed. You know, Poppy's like, no way, that's pretty darn cool. And Cordelia just says like the worst thing possible. She she's so deliberate. She's like got a girl crush on me already. And Poppy, I know she's not cutting corners. She went for the kill. She did. Yeah, I just I really I could not handle it. I got so mad and so sad for Tora. And Poppy just doesn't. I'm having different opinions because like I I don't know. She I'm I'm loving this chaotic queen right now. So, So I like seeing the different viewpoint because like. I think I'm a little bit too much in love with her. So I need, I need a, a cooling voice to remind me that she's, I mean, like, I obviously know she's starting the pot, but like, yeah, I could definitely be more sinister than, than I'm reading it as. Yeah. I mean, and I, I didn't like Cordelia as soon as she dissed Quincy back when they were in bed together. So, you know, I have it. I'm not, so no, that's, we're not trusting <laughs> both of us have our biases. Her. And then, you know, Poppy's like, I totally do teach me your ways, ma'am. I think she's, so engaged like she's innocent about this but she's not really realizing how her words are affecting thinking about him i think she's just angry she tuned him out until Corey specifically singles him out and asks him about his profession and that is a jab in the heart because that is a hundred percent um intentional and made to make tora feel bad about himself she looks at him and you know meanwhile right tora is like completely um harsh on his on his uh his meal like his clinking his clanking i feel so bad for him this is something she totally did to make him feel bad or so i'm curious i'm not sure what her purpose is yet like i know it's it's obviously deliberate it's obviously meant to to get something out of him um i don't know if if it's specifically to make him feel bad or like just to to bring this kind of out in the open i'm not i'm really not sure but all I know is I am loving Poppy's reaction because it's so cute that her first instinct is to protect Tora. Like, 
after all of this, like, she's still, like, trying to defuse the situation and, like, downplay whatever Tori does. Like, he's just a regular, like, bodyguard or whatever she was going to say. Um, and she's still defending I, him? Yeah, she's defending him. Like, she's his knight in Shining Armor, and I love that. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, she has this nervous, anxious look on her face because she knows that Tori does something nefarious that he wouldn't want to talk about and she's trying to protect him and you know and then cordelia says something which i actually agree i really agree with her you know cordelia she says let him answer for himself love which i agree you know he's a he's a grown man and it's nice that poppy is trying to protect him but he's he needs to be able to talk for himself okay see we're we're on like totally separate wavelengths but i i hated that part same i got so mad Okay, Lola, you, why? Why did you Because I was like, girl, what? Calm down. Like, you don't need to, like, be cutting off Poppy. She's in the middle of the sentence. Let her explain herself. Like, why do you need to cut her off when she's clearly trying to defend her man? Yeah, and I, so, and I looked at it as, like, that was, like, the the clearest, obvious point of, like, I asked this question deliberately. Like, honey, like, we're ready for Torrid to try and explain himself here. Like, it was, like, a very... It was super deliberate. So, like, that I was like, no, yeah, like, back off. Like, not actually back off. I'm loving this. But, like, you know you're causing trouble here. Like, what are mm-hmm. you doing? Oh, so interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah, I definitely see that, too, 100%. Like, he wants to, I, to me, it's also, like, digging the knife in deeper. He wants Torah to, to have it embarrass him. Yeah. Yeah. And Torah is, he slams the knife straight into his stake or whatever it is, just straight yeah. on not you know this is like uh, and you see actually in the next panel you see this blood on the bottom of that knife which again this is reminiscent and it's foreshadowing of what he's about to say because what he does is violent what he does is you know he hurts people he elicits he brings blood out of people i wanted to to give a shout out to patty i was talking about this scene with her like because i i told her that this scene had made me uncomfortable and what she said to me was that given how that we know that her and Tora don't know each other she doesn't know um not to push that button for him so like I guess Patty's being very diplomatic here and, and I'm like no she's clean just to, I wanted to bring that that up I also I um I was reading in the comments I always look for Lily's comments on Patreon and yep. somebody was saying I forgot who it was but one of the Patreon commenters was saying that she feels like Poppy is uh, was being insensitive towards Tora this whole time and uh, Lily responded she said that she wasn't um she basically said she that Poppy is not 100% sure that Tora is you know of what he does because um so I, I found that interesting like we all thought like you know she knows but so you know Lily clarified she kind of like wasn't thinking about it she kind of guesses but yeah. she doesn't know for sure so that perfect, that's a perfect time to plug the Patreon page. So Lily's Patreon page is absolutely wonderful. Right. If you are not on it, get on over there. It's absolutely amazing. The community is amazing. Lily does pop Go in once in a while. It. It's can, the best and, thing. Like give us amazing insights and high res images. And so like just get on over there because you will learn if you love this podcast, you will absolutely love her, her Patreon page. The comments there are amazing. Just amazing. I sit there for hours reading all of them because they're oh, so yeah. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I just you it goes completely over your head. <laughs> so many smart I, people. I feel like I read these comics yeah. three times over at least. This one I read probably like ten, and like every time I'm looking for something different, and yet I'll read some of these comments, and I will be absolutely blown away again. Like, how did I not notice that? Um, 
crave more Midnight Poppy Land, it's the place to be. Yeah. Right. And it's like Midnight. It, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's it's worth noting, especially I think that, that like we have in Poppy's sort of dialogue to herself in the past episode or two that she gets the Taurus involved with some shady stuff. I think she. I think her words might have been potentially she's not, illegal. She's not unobservant. And no, she's noticed. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But I guess it's, it's a yeah, like knowledge versus like acknowledging it, like, like fuzzy internalizing it, and in terms you know, of like, then legality real. to mafia. Yeah, there's like you know I don't know he could be you know just like the guy who nothing, sells like party drugs nothing to college students you know that's not technically <laughs> like legal <laughs> you know there's there's yeah. that there's there's definitely a spectrum um, that she doesn't know where he lies yet um I just I I love the exactly. idea that um so I read I read. I'm reading all of her um, deflection. Like she's obviously, she's got this, this dichotomy of very curious and also not wanting to know at the same time, which I think we can all relate to. I'm sure there's lots of things that we're like, we know we shouldn't pry into this, but I'm going to pry anyway because I can't stop. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was up at Regina's peak. She was like Guilty pushing a little bit charged. and then she was like, oh, cool. Okay. You told me this is not a good subject. Like I'm okay with that. Let's back up. Cause no, neither of them really wanted to face reality. I don't think. Um, and this is, a, this, I see, yeah, I saw this, like, Tor is just a regular, whatever, comment, um, as a mixture right. of, of protecting him and also protecting herself, because mm-hmm. she, saying mostly, like, she doesn't necessarily want to know where he lies on that spectrum. Um, if she doesn't know, she doesn't have to worry about it. And once you know, you can't take okay. away that knowledge. And she, you know, she, right, right away, her reaction, she sees, she notices that Tora is in distress. You know, as much as she's angry at him, she's still trying to protect him. She says to Tora... And she's sweating, oh. and she she looks so concerned for him. She sees yeah. that his reaction, his violent uh, I'm reaction. Thing, you know, like, I'm 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 all for this sad poppy commiseration, but then I just see Quincy's face, and I lose it. <laughs> yeah, Quincy Quincy of course has just finished looking up from the from the, the contract. He's like, "What's going on?" I wasn't paying attention again. Very Quincy, right? He's always behind. He doesn't get what's going on emotionally. He's he never understands the severity oh of the situation. Oh my god, Quincy! Yeah, is like so sweet and so well intentioned. <laughs> no, but he's adorable. Situational awareness. He is so adorable, and that most of the time makes up for the fact that he can't read a room for shit. <laughs> like you're an author, Quincy. I know you can read. Read the room, please. Yeah, but, yeah please. And now this last panel is the most heartbreaking panel in the history of Midnight Poppyland. Tora says, "I'm in the mafia." I and know that me, we hate it, but it's so hot that so I can't much. hate it. <laughs> so I'll tell you, I'll be honest. Like Tora has become for me this this uh, figure of sympathy. <laughs> I don't see him anymore as like. Of course, he's beautiful. But I start feeling so heartbroken for him. I don't see him as like my personal sex god anymore. <laughs> um, I he's he's in such a hard place. Like I I think it's you know I find I find aliens just in general. So it's sort of like, but um, it's I, I think it, for it me it so, makes it even worse. Like how so much attracted I am to him all the time. <laughs> Gives him like more layers, like more character and. He definitely has a much more nurturing that, yeah, heart. Really where he's like, like we obviously see, like, I want Tori to cuddle on my lap and for me to, you know, give him head scratchy, mm-hmm. let him fall asleep and take care of him. But also, I'm going to admit that I still think he's 
the most attractive 2D character I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I am. Right. Like, <laughs> we, I'll, I'll tell you, we can totally guys. guys I'll take him to the beach. I, I, no, no shame. Right. So you know what? It's no funny. shame. No shame. I probably talk, so I know oh. I talked about this on the podcast before. I don't know if I oh, talked about it with you guys, but when I was younger, since I was a little kid, I always the kind of guy I fell for in you know in novels and fiction and in movies was always the guy who was abused as a kid and an orphan and like who had a tough life. And oh, I ended up marrying someone like that. Although I didn't actually quite understand the depth of like how he had grown up when I when I married him, and neither did he. And it turned out to be honestly like the hardest thing about our relationship. Um, it turns out when you marry someone from a dysfunctional family, they have issues. And I sometimes was like, <laughs> why did I do this? Oh, yeah. And you know, I always had that. I always fell for like the poor abused boy. <laughs> and I'm just saying, it comes to the problem. This was one of the very first things I thought when I saw Torah being abused as a kid in this cartoon in like episode five. I was like, oh, shizzle, he's going to be so messed up. And it's yeah, hard. Yeah. It's hard. We fall in love with these people, but they come with yeah. issues. <laughs> Yeah, like you can see, you can see like through to the fundamental like core of what that person is and like all the good things about them. But you can't only right. have that's that. You can't extricate that from the sum total of. And that's what makes this whole cartoon so real. Like everyone has, like exactly. especially this chapter was like a driving home point. I think I think it was also Patty that like specifically said. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the exact phrasing she said, but um, it was something along the lines of just like no one was redeemed in this in this chapter like it was just like ev everyone kind of like had a bad moment or like a like a sketchy moment or like yeah. nobody was, was on their best behavior everyone no. had baggage yeah, yeah. nobody was and nobody was that. listening really well like nobody was listening deeply and everybody and it was like, real like it felt i mean like that happens in real life and like turned it into like, a i said this before but like um, like emotion keeps your intellect at bay when you're mm -hmm. feeling strong emotions you're not thinking properly you're not filtering um and that's why this this whole webtoon in this chapter felt really real because that happens to us in real life like this this felt like i was actually this didn't seem like melodrama it seemed realistic in the ex it was like an extreme but it still felt realistic 100 uh, percent. you felt and anger towards every character at some point. Yep. Uh, maybe not anger, but at least like disagreement. 100%. Yeah, it totally reminded yep. me of my own fights with my husband, you know, family fights when we were younger. Yeah. 100%. That's really, really real. And I actually want to slap this line that he says, mm -hmm. I'm in the mafia. So I feel for me, he said it, one reason I'm sure you'll say, uh, at least say other ones. I feel for me, the predominant reason he said it was I feel like he was backed into a corner and he just couldn't. He was, I think he felt trapped. And, mm -hmm. you know, to me, you know, saying that he's in the mafia, he's like finally coming clean where he feels he he's completely ashamed that he's in the mafia. He's been kind of dancing around it with Poppy. And, you know, Poppy's the only one who was seeing him as this redeemable person, um, seeing his good traits. She called him a good person yeah. after he saved her from like the tree. Normal. She said she's teaching him. Right. She's teaching him to be to say thank you. To please. She's she's giving him that warmth and love. And, you know, here he's back into the corner. He's like, I can't get away from it. There's nothing I can do. Everything I do, people were shove it in my face. They remind me of who I am, and I'm just I'm I'm done. I'm lost. And he just says, "I'm in the mafia." That's it. I, I thought that it was more along the lines of you're absolutely right, but along the lines of him having Cordelia finally get under his skin, and he feels threatened. And this is how I show her that I'm not to be trifled with. 
maybe a little bit jealousy in there too. Yeah, I, I mean, I hundred percent see that too. I was waiting for someone to say that. I, was, I knew, I knew, I didn't have to say it because someone else would say it. What else, um, Emily and Leslie? What do what do you guys see in his line? Um, I I'm very much uh, kind of in the before I got backed into a corner corner, um, and I I think I, he's been backed into a corner just like you were saying. I think it's also one more stewing in a nice little bowl of self loathing over the course of this entire episode, um, and humiliation and resentment, and I think that. I think that he was saying that line consciously to Cordelia as, you know, like an F you, this is what I do with your snooty, like legal practitioner and fancy shirt, you know, flirting with this beautiful girl, like screw you, I'm in the mafia. I think it also is just the the layers underneath that are put the nail in the coffin so that Scotty fails on this book deal and doesn't want anything to do with him ever like ever again yeah and then he also probably absolutely hates both for like pushing away his chance at happiness like for believing that he doesn't deserve it and you know just the fact that that's what he is he you know he's surrounded by a bunch of people in bright colors with bright futures who are bright people and he is dressed down he's sitting in the dark like the the, the visual cast is stunning, and I think that he is reaffirming oh, that himself. Also, yeah, He's and the like fact that like he covers his, his he hides himself with his own hair, right? He's feeling very vulnerable. He want, he needs to hide. He he doesn't feel respect, right? You know, Mr. Lamb tells him to stand up straight, mm-hmm. respect for himself. Yeah, he just feels like shit about hug. himself. And I so I'm not I'm not really much of a tinfoiler. I like to I like to analyze yeah. what I know, then then debate about what's coming next, just because. I, I'm just not much of, of one to, to speculate, but um, I've read a lot of the a lot a lot a lot of everyone's opinions about like what they thought it was, and I'm definitely like it's on similar similar trains to you guys. I really just love Leslie's comment about like the self loathing kind of thing about the the bright colors, bright futures, and he's just here in the dark, and that that just really hit me. But um, I it made me that line that Leslie just said just made me think about his conversation with you in the car right before or after they did the break in. I don't remember what the timeline was, um, but like about him, like the self self-loathing. Um, and I kind of, I see the mm-hmm. idea. I think Patty threw it along around a couple of times when I was talking with her. Um, but it was, it was just about, this is like, I like the idea of one, a reaffirmation, like this is who I am. Um, and two, as like a, you haven't been listening to me, Poppy. Like it's, it's probably to Cordelia too, but it's also like a, like, a, Hey, like this isn't a joke anymore. Like I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I can't drop any more hints for you. If you're, yeah. And also he's sick. So like, I don't think he has a filter right now. I'm world. wondering, like, you're gonna get I'm wondering how conscious he is of the words he's saying. Like, is he in a fuzzy, but like Mm-mm. people take getting colds very differently. Um, is he like in a fuzzy bubble? I had a roommate in college who, whenever she was sick, she would just like fall down. And she's like, "I'm in a bubble. I don't know what's happening." And I'm like, "Like Tara, like get yourself together." And I'd have to like throw her in bed and just like watch her. Like, she was delusional. Um, so like people do get weird when they get colds, um, <laughs> and like maybe extreme colds, not yeah. like a common cold. Um, uh, yeah, we don't know if he took some bake will or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if, yeah, if he was. <laughs> yeah, if he was yeah. Um, Quincy just says, like, "Yo, get over here!" Well. At some point, and like he dragged his ass down to this restaurant in his comfy little clothes. Sure. Um, so you're right; we don't know what's going on in his head right now. So I don't know if 
I don't know if this was as deliberate as as we mm-hmm. think it is. Like maybe it could have just been something that came out because he's he's frustrated and he's not thinking. Yeah. I don't know. It it looked impulsive. To me. Yeah, it does feel impulsive. Mm-hmm. And the and the yeah, and our word choices also like when we're impulsive, our our choice of words is, is so revealing. You know, like he would have probably you know raised it differently like he would have probably directed it to cordelia he would have probably made like no bones about the fact that he did something kind of high level and yeah i mean he could have said i'm a bodyguard tired and too sick to kind of care i think that the then the word choice yeah yeah then the word choice really underscores like what the what what's going on in the background for him and what those layers are that he's probably not even aware of i'm this thus's bodyguard he's too tired to give a crap at that point and i think that it was it let the top off of this like shaken up soda bottle of distress and fear and self-loathing and helplessness a reader (laughs) 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 sorry poppy i'm doing a better job (laughs) that's funny but but in a way, this is this is good because you know this lets everything out on the table. And you know, for Poppy, whatever is going to happen, right? We know ultimately we want Poppy and Tora to end up together, and they have to. She has to really know who he is. They have to be honest with each other. So this is a good step. It's hard. It's yeah. ripping the bandaid off, but it's good. It's what they need. Yeah, yeah. There's there's mm-hmm. a lot of unpacking to do. Tora just brought all of his baggage into the room. Um, a lot of suitcases for Poppy to carry all in one go. Um, I'm, which makes me worried because that's just a, like a lot of. This is what I said on Patreon. Like, like Tora just unloaded all of his ugly on Poppy all in one go. You know, as opposed to, you know, maybe some anger management issues for one, you know, round of relationship discussion and then talking over her issues and no, all it's going to be very difficult for them. And then to I, just, I also like, do like this as an, all as, of this I, together this, and have to know, as like an equal, an equalizer. Like I, someone, I don't remember who said this, someone, but that Poppy, I don't know if it was Patty again. I don't remember. It was someone I was talking to in, on the, in the Patreon group. Um, but they're saying that like Tor has seen Poppy at her worst. He's seen her after a car crash, hair messy, like blood stained, shirt ripped, like complete mess, no idea what's going on in her life, just broke up, snotty, crying. And like she always saw Tora like relatively together. And this is the first time now she's together and she gets to see Tora like disheveled and sick and gross and angry and fused. And um, so like this is kind of like a now they've seen like maybe not the worst of each other, but they've seen like pretty few sides of each other now which is nice that they have like you know this equal opportunity here i wish i could give credit to whoever that's a really, <laughs> that was really eileen? Credit. I, mean, I don't remember who it was but i need to maybe. wasn't it eileen maybe it might have been <laughs> i don't i'm not sure but someone very smart mm-hmm. said it <laughs> I, I i find it hard to go through the patreon cons because of the the oh. app it keeps crashing on me i don't know what to do yes yeah, mine does too Hmm. It's been worse lately, so I've been engaging less, which is (laughs) there's also a lot of sad. (laughs) Yes, spontaneous phone. Yeah, awesome. So many. And I have to say, you know, um, Elizabeth, you were saying about him unpacking, you know, all of his showing all of his ugly. I think that you know, someone I've been married for um, ten years. It's actually (laughs) like the we uh, my Facebook just reminded me it was eleven years ago. Today is when my husband and I first became friends, Facebook friends. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, as someone like, you know, I mentioned that, 
my husband's not like Torah at all in the sense that um, he actually, the way he reacted to his childhood, um, it's, it's his natural personality, but also he, he kind of went the opposite direction. He became this um, very meek kind of person, very gentle, uh, very passive, um, very, very opposite of stepfather who was very aggressive and belittling and nasty. So, um, mm-hmm. so he's not like Torah in that sense, but he is like Torah in that he had this very rough background and it affected him and it really, really, you know, it caused a lot of issues. And, but we still love each other, but I think that is so, it's so important. And I love that about Lily that she, you know, we love to, for romance, right? We want everything to go well. We want everything to be soon, whether we want to just love the person, but true love comes with a lot of warts and a lot of ugly things about ourselves and about the other person and things that are excruciating to work through, Mm -hmm. you know, deep set issues that are not going to just go away with the wave of a wand. And I know, you know, Lily says that she's been through things in her life and you see it come out because this is a profound story. This is why we can spend almost two hours on one episode because <laughs> there's so much here. That's so real life. Yeah. And, you know, I love this because Tora is not a perfect person. Poppy's not a perfect so person. Fun. Quincy, Cordelia. And this is how we really are. And if we if we want to have a relationship with a real person, we have to know they're bad and we have to be able to to live with that and and it's going to be an issue and it is it going to go away in a month two months no it'll it'll be a perpetual issue for them they're it's, it's not, not going to be black and white mm-hmm. and our you know reactions our mm-hmm. emotions are and how we yes. we view things none of it is black and white and and even in love so like when we say oh this this reaction was totally wrong and we have to keep in mind the context and and the person as a whole and keep that sort of like holistic view of the of the character when we're very good reminder (laughs) well guys so we have final thoughts i know i mean there we said we've said so much and i can't wait to see what happens (laughs) but do we have any final thoughts to wrap this up tora can marry me (laughs) (laughs) final thought i I will give him day quill or whatever (laughs) Okay, my unthirsty final thought, because I have many thirsty ones, but my unthirsty one is I would recommend that everyone, if they're going to go back and reread it, to try and reread each, like do rereads through each person's eyes. Because I think mm. you're going to get a completely different, different chapter if you read it from the mindset of Poppy, from the mindset of Tora, from the mindset of Quincy, you know, and so on. Um, because who doesn't need more Minute Poppy Land? Like, this is just an excuse for all of you to go out and read <laughs> um, Because... I think it's a fun adventure to look at it in a different lens. Yeah. And uh, I just, I very much hope that in the next, definitely in the next episode, which is, you know, going to be the next five minutes of this really fun altercation, um, and also in the episodes to follow, that Poppy and Tora specifically can sit together and unpack this with, they've both been hurt by the impact of the other's choices. And I hope that they can kind of get through to seeing um, the intention behind those choices that the other person made, because those intentions are really good, but neither of them are in a place where they're seeing it right now. So I'm just really keeping my fingers crossed for, that they'll be able to meet one another with that yeah. very yeah. scary level of vulnerability. Yeah, we'll see how they react. And, you know, maybe they won't be able to, but since the story, you know, we know eventually will resolve itself with them being together maybe they'll have to go through some, you know, separation based on their own misunderstandings and anger before they can even get to reconciliation. <sighs> Indeed. <laughs> Sunday. Sunday. Neither can I. Is it Friday yet? <laughs>
but you guys can go back and listen to all the tiger pops podcasts <laughs> plug yeah, there's no. a lot of content there to get you through <laughs> yeah and tonight i should be publishing 13 14 15 16 17 18 and 14, yep. 23. yeah it's a lot plenty to keep <laughs> us going mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually have another one in literally two minutes. So that's why I was trying to wrap up. <laughs> all right, sorry. All right, we'll. Thank we'll you so much, guys. This was amazing. Okay, this was fantastic. I love it. And thank you so much for coming on. So good to hear from you guys. Thank you for having us. Till next Friday. So good. Thank you for having us. <laughs>